And we are back. This is Fantasy Bums. Uh, we are going to be rolling with draft strategies, with this month being the heaviest month of drafting. In the next couple of weeks, we want to make sure that we give you the information needed so that way you're prepared for your upcoming drafts. So we're going to go over the draft strategies uh, that's been able to help us um, have some success in our fantasy football careers. So, um, again, my name is Jaime. Uh, they call me the Moose as well, too. And uh, we got Abraham. Yeah, and they call me the Brains. I don't know about that, but yeah. And then we got Mr. Nas, Nasty Naz. How you guys doing? It's Nasadamus. The guy loves, this guy right here loves to uh, gamble like no other. I think he loves his bets. So, listeners out there, if you're looking to make some money, email him or text him or get him on his Instagram and just throw out a crazy bet. He'll take it. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, with that, with that being said, let's go ahead and roll into uh, our topic at hand. And we want to talk about the draft strategies and uh, which one of you want to take this on first? Um, Should I go uh, first? Abraham, you want to go? You want me to go? Um, you go first. Okay. So – some of the draft strategies I think that we can all go, um, you know, sprinkle off each other and get different ideas. But some of the strategies that I'm going into 2019 and recommending people out there, uh, number one, don't use a magazine. Um, these magazines are printed premature. They're not based off of any updated injuries. Um, people holding out. If you guys are using man, uh, magazines that were purchased and on the shelves um, for your 2019 draft, it, it could it could hurt you. Um, obviously, if you're using those rankings and you're not doing the you know the research on your end and doing mock drafts, um, that's something that could hurt you. Yeah, and a lot of uh, times magazines could be outdated too. You don't know when it's dated. Um, like my magazine had like Duke Johnson and uh, and a high tier. <laughs> Yeah, so that's one thing that I would um, recommend to our listeners to do as many mock drafts on different websites as possible and do them at all the positions. Unless you know what your draft position is and that's what you're focusing, if you're playing on one and two leagues and you know what you're picking, then you can obviously uh, do the draft at that position. So uh, yeah, so you brought up a you brought up a good point with like the magazines. I know that I, I never really personally use them. I kind of just glance at them. But again, like you said, they're they're printed in April, yeah, and uh, they're pretty outdated by then. And by that time, that start training camp rolls around, injuries, like you said. But you also mentioned mock drafts. Uh, which website is your guys' favorite website to do drafts? From? I like ESPN. Um, it's active. Yeah. Too. Yeah, ESPN, I mean, the problem, the, the pros and cons, right, the, the pros on using ESPN is you get different options, and they get filled up, right? You have 12-man league, you have 20-man league, you have 8-man, you have auction, you have super flex. So you have different different options to choose when you use ESPN, and when using CBS or these other websites, they don't get filled up as fast. So if you're doing it now, um ESPN is the site that I recommend because you'll get a lot of people using it. The only problem is it only lasts about, you know, five rounds before people go on auto pick or somebody does something and jumps off. Oh, my God. I I really hate when people do that. They jump off, and that's, like, the biggest turnoff for me when I'm drafting and then I see a bunch of just auto picking. Oh, yeah. Correct. But like I said, and here's one strategy that I would recommend for people to use. If you're doing a 10-man league, and these are the leagues that you play in, do 12-man mock drafts. Um, you know, you're, you know, it's just like when you grow up and you're, you know, you play soccer and you're a nine-year-old playing with a 12-year-old, right? You're going to get better because you're playing with older people. In this situation, you're going to, you're going to draft better because there's less to choose from. Um, so this is a strategy you can go in in 2019 to see 
who you're getting and when they're taking those players because there's less options. Yeah. So it gives you more of an understanding on where players are going too early or whatever the case is. Um, but that is obviously one strategy. Um, another strategy is when you're going into a draft, be prepared. Um, a lot of people going to draft don't want to bring paperwork, asking if the paperwork is going to be there. Don't rely on somebody else. Um, always create your own list and then bring a list, right? Bring a, you know, a, a list from fantasy bums or bring a list from these websites that you're obviously following, whatever the case is. Uh, but create your own list. Use something that, especially if you're investing, you know, $200, $150 or plus to play in these leagues. I know that we love it, but you're also putting money in. So you don't want to throw, the, throw your money away. So make sure you're... Play to win. What was that, sir? Play to win. Play to win, yeah. So be prepared. Bring bring the paperwork needed. Bring highlighters. Bring, you know, the ability to go in the draft um, and be ready. Like it is an interview or it is a date. Don't just go in there expecting whatever happens, happens. Because that's, that's the last thing you want to do when you're... Um, you know, playing 13 weeks of fantasy football, you're going to be three, four weeks in, you're going to like, I give up. Uh, so yeah. the key thing is to go in early, understanding what you want to do. And that's probably the most important part. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. You know what, what one uh, site that you guys didn't mention, but I like to use as well too. And I've been using it for the last couple of years is, um, is the draft wizard from pro football, not from pro football, but, uh, from Fantasy Pros? Correct. Yeah, I really like that one. That one. Uh, what I like about that one is that you can input your settings from your league. So then that way when you're drafting, um, it, it really ranks the players and it really gives you insight to, um, you know, picks that are going to be made. You can go against the computer, which is really hard. But I also like the grading factor that it grades afterwards. Because, you know, when we all draft, what's the first thing that we, we look to do afterwards? We all want to see, you know, have people rate our draft and, and see how well we did, right? So that's one of the aspects that I like about um, Draft Wizard. Um, one thing uh, Manaz mentioned, too, is what I, um, I really see key. It is really, really important. Like you said, you got to make sure you come prepared. And one of the things I like to come prepared with is just like he mentioned, is the list, Right. And bringing your own list and making sure that, you know, you get, you really identify some target players you want to target, right? And, and know when to pull the trigger. That's the tough part of it. You got to know, anticipate. But um, as far as draft strategies, I'm going to roll into a little bit of strategy that, you know, as far as for me, I like to wait. And, and this is what I just wanted to cover this topic is as far as waiting for a quarterback, I don't like drafting quarterbacks in the first six rounds at all. I know some people may like to draft them, but I like to get value just because I see that there's, you know, if you're in, especially in a 12, 12 man, 10 man league, there's plenty of quarterbacks out there. And I, what I've noticed is anytime I've drafted a quarterback within the first six picks, I usually don't end up liking what I've done. And uh, anything you guys want to add to anything to that? Yeah, I mean, see the the quarter. It, it all varies. I mean, if to me waiting to round six or round seven on a quarterback, I I don't know if there's ever a point. I mean, first four rounds, five rounds. Yeah, I mean, if if it's the six round minimum, I think that's a good target. I like it because I think that your first five rounds, you you got to get as many wide receiver and running backs as needed. And, and that tight end position is going to be filled in if you're getting, you know, tier one and two. So if you think that way, right, your first five rounds have to have to bring you the value because you have to play two running backs. You have to play two wide receivers. And if there's a flex position, you got to fill in that spot too. So it's a great strategy um, waiting to round six to draft. But understand that, you know, if you, if you want Luck or Mahomes or you have – you know, these, the, the top three based off where the rankings are, you have to just understand that those guys are going to be gone. You have to be okay with it. But going into the draft, don't get caught up in what everyone else is doing. And I think that's what people do all the time. If they see a defense taken, oh, now all the defense are going to go away. If a quarterback's taken, I'm going to jump on that train. You don't want to go on to any train 
if, if you're going into a draft just because someone else is doing it, right? You stick to your strategy, stick to your, stick to your guns, going into it, understanding that this is what I'm doing and this is my strategy. And don't allow people to start trends. You start the trends. Yeah, if you're going to yeah. take a quarterback. And that's exactly. If you're going to take a quarterback in the first two rounds, you're going to have to expect that they're going to score like, you know, 40 to 50 touchdowns, right? But uh, many quarterbacks can, you know, satisfy getting 20, 30 points a week. And um, history does not repeat itself like Peyton Manning getting 50 touchdowns. Next year, he did 55. Yeah, I'm saying 50-plus touchdowns. Same thing for Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. Um, these are guys, um, yeah, Randy. it's taking a quarterback in the first few rounds is just just risky in general. You know, you could take another yeah, position and- of value instead because there's only one position for quarterback. And you can take maybe even some guy off the waiver wire, right? Like Matthew, Matthew Stafford, he could probably get 25 points for you when Tom Brady is picked in the, what, round round five or round six or something like that last year. And you could... You could do the same exact thing he did that week. Well, I mean, speaking speaking to Jaime's point, and you made a great point, if you just go back to last three years, Mahomes finished number one. He wasn't drafted to 10-round plus in every league. Matt Ryan finished number one the year before that. He was drafted in the 13th, 12th round. Um, so you, you can get gems. That's exactly, yeah. That's yeah, exactly you, what I'm saying. Yeah, you, you can, can really wait. Yeah, Right, you just—I mean, it's football. Every year, there's a new team that comes up uh, and and blows up. I mean, look at the Eagles—the year that they won the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, it, it happens all the time. It's it, it's what it's what fantasy football is all about. So yeah, um, Cam Newton yeah, was a yeah, that was a bit, that was a popular one. It's all, so it was Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, like to me. I know he's a great football player, but to me, he's the most overhyped fantasy football player. He never, ever really produces to where he's being drafted. Unless he's playing with the Cowboys. We don't bring that up. (laughs) (laughs) We don't bring that up at all. But yeah, um, and then you you brought up a good, really good point as far as like those runs that are being made during the draft. Those are so key to not get caught up on those runs. Because when those runs happen and other fools are falling for that, don't be the fool that falls for it. What I like to do is I really – that's why it's really important you go, you stick to your draft board, right? So you want to come in with a list, and it's important you stick to the draft board and you follow it. If you stay true to it, and if you literally just stay to it and just draft off your, say, top 60 or top 100 and just keep going down that list, you're going to end up with a solid team instead of chasing, instead of chasing that position. Oh, you know what? Here's a tight end run. Oh, well, you know what? That's why it's important to have tier, – tier them out. And I usually like to tier them out as around, you know, as far as like what round I would take them at. And I don't like to reach to, too much for it. But I mean, there's points where, you know, there's drafts where they'll go on a run on say tight ends or, 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 uh, or certain, certain position and I'll stick to my guns and I'll just keep up picking. If it comes down to it, I'll pick six straight receivers in the PPR league. And I've done that, and you know it, it, it comes out really nice because then I end up really stacked on receivers. And then with running backs, if you don't really get the top tier running backs, I mean that's a position you can really leverage the waiver wire, I, I believe. And I've done, and I mean I'm sure Naz has done it, Abraham's done it. I do it all the time. Take advantage of it because there's always running backs that come out of nowhere because of injuries, and you're able to pick them up on the waiver wire to take you over the top. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And, you know, speaking about, you know, you you don't you don't you have to start a trend. If you're going to go if you're going to take a a tight end or you're going to take a quarterback, you want to be the person that starts it, not the person that jumps on. Um, It just be be the leader when it comes to doing that. And I think that's very important. Um, And just just understand this is something that I recommend for any experienced fantasy player. And I mean, you, you mentioned it, Abraham, you mentioned it. You have to, when creating a list, I think that the tier system is is probably the most simple and easiest, simple, easiest system to follow. Because if you have your tiers, right, you have your A tier running backs, right? You know that that's who's going first. Then you have your A, a tier wide receivers and you go based off those tiers. You rank them. 
Every running back that's an A has to go first. Every wide receiver that's an A has to go first. Then you obviously go to your tight end. And just my strategy is quarterback start at B. There's no quarterback this year that's an A-tier quarterback that needs to go. So I would go, and the reason why I say that is because when your A running backs go and your A wide receiver and your A tight end, and that's Kelsey, right, then it goes back to your B running backs, B wide receivers, right, and then your B tight ends, and then you start with your B quarterbacks. And that's how you don't focus on drafting a quarterback too early, right, and then you you fill in that roster as much as you possibly can with quality backs, quality wide receivers, and the fill in that tight end position because the tight end position is probably the thinnest position in the game, right? And quarterback is the most the deepest. Yeah, <laughs> it's the deepest. Yeah. And and I would say actually this year, I feel like this year seems like the most heaviest um as far as opportunity for a quarterback. I mean you can literally like we were just talking about like last year you're picking up um, you know, a couple years ago Matt Ryan in the thirteenth round, Patrick Mahomes in the tenth round. And some places he was even going later than that. And it just shows you where you can really identify and get like quarterbacks later around. And something that, you know, I'm even contemplating too is, I mean, you can wait for say like a Kyler Murray really late and still get like a big Ben after that to, you know, have your second quarterback. If say Kyler Murray doesn't blow up, you still, and then you still end up with a safe pick, you know what I'm saying? Or even like a uh, Stafford's decent, um, Philip Rivers, you got Philip Rivers, Jimmy yeah. G. Yeah. You can end up with a solid quarterback at the end, and you can take a chance on like a Kyler Murray. So that's one of the intriguing um, um, the thoughts that I've been having as far as you know with Kyler Murray as like that intriguing guy. And like you're saying, you can wait and wait and wait. And um, but what would you say? Because I know there's another draft strategy that's out there, and I feel like people sometimes fall to is trying to fill in their starter starting lineups. What would you recommend or what would you say to those that feel like they have to fill those starting lineups before they can start addressing the bench? You have to look at value first. Like you have to look at your tiers. If um, there are multiple tiers, there's elite tier, there's a near elite tier. And if you see someone that's in round six and he's almost in the, like the great tier, you take him. you know, it's easy to win you some ball games. There's bye weeks, there's injuries. They always come into play in fantasy football. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I disagree with that. If if people are going in saying that they have to create a, st- a starting lineup, right? That's see the problem. The problem with that, it's like, you know, if you're an offensive player and you're playing, someone's guarding you, you're going to come up to the court saying, "I'm going to do this automatically," right? You're not playing to your opponents, and this is playing to your league, right? You don't know what other people are drafting. You don't know what their strategy, you don't know what's left on the table. So you can't go into a draft assuming that I'm going to fill in my starting lineup because you don't know who your starting lineups are going to be in week three or halfway through the season or because of trades. So it's it's not a good strategy to go and say, I'm going to fill in my roster. The only, the only strategy I have based off filling in my roster is, is when I pick a defense. Like, I want all my positions filled before I even draft a defense, right? I know people draft defense in the sixth round because of Chicago, you know, all these great defenses. But Chicago was a waiver wire last year. So, I even picked them up my last pick. Correct. So, you you can't go into a draft assuming you know what you're going to do because people draft different in every league. People reach, and it gives you opportunity to get multiple running backs. And if you allow other people to reach on players and you play the smart strategy of I'm drafting based off my strategy, then you're, you're going to get the players you want and you're going to have depth and people are going to come knocking on your door during the regular season asking for running backs and wide receivers, and you're going to hold value there. Yeah, exactly. It's a great opportunity. to, And it goes back to what we, you know, we started with and you started with as well too, bringing it up. Being prepared with your list. If you're not prepared with a list and have a strategy and game plan before you show up, you're going to fall into those temptations. You'll fall into those runs and, and, and you know, follow suit and fall into other people's traps. 
And at the end, you're going to end up with a team you're not happy with. But if you stick to your guns, then say week four, week five, you're four and one. And you can literally go, you don't mean you can literally go to someone that's one and three and offer them two of your sub players for one of their premier players. Correct. And, and, and so, I mean, that's just the benefit. All right. I'm going to give you my ultimate Um, Abraham strategy. Um, This is a strategy that I'm going to go for. And this is probably going to be gout. Does it involve (laughs) Duke Johnson? It's going to probably be gout. My secrets. Okay. Um, my advice is my biggest number one advice is look at sophomores that had bad rookie seasons that were supposed to be good, right? Um, you have guys like Marlon Mack, bad rookie season, great sophomore year, right? You have guys like Melvin Gordon, bad rookie season, great sophomore year. Jared Goff, bad rookie season, great sophomore year. Same thing for Carson Wentz, becomes an MVP candidate the next day. Joe Mixon, you have guys like uh, Kenny Galladay, Tyler Boyd, the list goes on and on and on. Now the sophomore slump exists, right? But that's because if they had a great rookie season, if they had a bad rookie season, their ADP is really low. So the value goes higher. Um, some NFL players that had a bad rookie season that's going forward are, uh, I'm going to be honest with you, it sounds ridiculous, but Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones is really listed really low. He's he was supposed to be the number one running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he has Bruce Arians now, who has, who was a who is a proven coach that know, knew how to utilize uh, David Johnson. Dang, there you go, Avery. I, I really like that one. I was actually been thinking about Ronald Jones, and you brought him up, and you know, I'm I'm wait, I'm I would be willing to take a a, a, a stab at him, and so you brought him up. Where were you? What would you? say you would be willing to partake in some Ronald Jones. I don't Jones. know. Uh, Ronald Jones is in the high potential backup category for me. So he's probably in the round eight to nine. He's probably by, um, you know, Latavius Murray around the Ken, Kalen Balaj, those guys, Jalen Samuels, those guys category. So um, I would take a stab at him, you know? He's, he's yeah, he's, he's yeah. I think he can pan out. He was extremely, he was extremely talented in college. You have nothing to lose, you know? The whole point of fantasy, you have to take risks. You have to. I think I would partake on him on 11th. And then you brought up that running back. Um, there's another running back that I was thinking as well, too, is Rashard, Rashard Perry. Penny. What do you think of him? Um, I think Penny, he yes. is great going forward. Oh, yeah, same thing. Bad rookie season. Yeah, the perfect example. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know the Seahawks are going to utilize him more. Do you know why? Because they, they, don't, they don't have any weapons. They, they lost almost all their weapons. They lost Doug Baldwin. Um, well, Another another thing about Penny is the guy dropped twenty pounds. He came into camp a lot healthier, uh, better shape. Um, he, he, here's another gem about Penny. He, if I mean they're a run heavy team, right? So that's like ideal. If Chris Carson goes down and he's very injury prone, right? You have just found a gem oh, in Richard yeah. Penny because. They're a run-heavy team. He catches the ball in the backfield. He's going to take that job. If if there is and, – and, and that's something that I also – you know, I mean, Abraham, you, you talked about this. And I think we've spoke about this in, in years past. That's something I really look at also because it's like they're fresh legs. They didn't play their rookie year, and they, and they feel like this is their rookie season. But Rashard Penny, out of all the backs that you guys will probably talk about, that one guy um, – and then guys from Washington – um, this guy, those are the two running backs. If you talk about rookie years that didn't really do anything because of injury or just playing time that have a great opportunity to come in their sophomore season and take over that role. Um, Adrian Peterson is yeah, obviously about the Redskins. They have guys is a number three running back. You have Chris. Hawkins, Adrian no, he's actually, he's actually number two. On, he's actually two on the depth chart, but I mean, Adrian Peterson is 34 years old. You know, multiple ACA ACL uh, tears. Um, I mean, they they have to they have to give the keys to this guy. Uh, they drafted him early last year in the draft. Um, this guy is second to Bo Jackson per yards um, in college. Um, this guy blew. I mean, this guy blew blew his knee out against New, uh, New England last year in the preseason. But on the first six carries, he looked he looked like he was going to be, you know, a top fifteen back. Um, he was highly ranked on everybody's list 
with rookies last year. I think this guy and Rashard Penny are the two guys that you guys should be looking out. Um, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, it takes a late late stab at them. Um, be you know decent. I would say. You can, I mean, where I've been seeing uh, Penny begin going is going around nine, ten. Same thing with Ronald Jones. Um, but you know, Richard Penny, I mean, he's he's a intriguing. Because I mean, like I said, they they spent a number one, so obviously he has some talent. Oh yeah, yes, yes he does. Yes he does. Um, yeah. So what? And and this is another thing I have to ask regarding a rookie wide wide receiver. What do you guys do? You think these are more of waiver wires because people follow the hype with rookie wide receivers. There's no really mm-hmm. uh, receiver that sticks out that's worth drafting unless you're drafting them near, you know, yeah. if you're drafting 16 rounds or whatever the case is. But if you have a four to five bench roster spot, um, is rookie wide receivers more of a waiver wire look, or are you guys willing to take a risk on those type of um, receivers? I would say late. I would say late for me. Um, I would take a look at him because you're you're right. I mean, the receiver position. It just seems like receivers have a hard time catching up with the. NFL oh, except game, if you're not. If right? you're Odell Beckham, I mean, it's a different story. Yeah, I mean, other than that, Odell Beckham, your Randy Moss. So it's possible. Um, you know, it, it's possible, but I mean, there's just not anybody out there right now at least in this draft class i mean unless i am i mean do you guys see anybody in this draft class that you guys think would be like oh my god you know this is somebody no. i gotta take i mean there's two standout wide receivers that have the talent um and one of them is um hollywood brown as it's hollywood um yeah marquis hollywood that's uh Brown, yeah, Marquise Brown, and the but what team is he on? Baltimore. Um, do, you, do you like Lamar Jackson <laughs> throwing them the ball? It's not that I like Lamar Jackson, but if you're talking about two wide receivers that that are rookies that I'm interested in looking at, um, one from the Colts, one from Baltimore. Those are two guys that Paris Campbell. Paris, Paris, Paris Campbell. Yeah, um, yeah, he's a stud. He's a stud, but. The reason, the only reason I like Paris Campbell, and that's the one guy I would draft, right, is because you, you look at the NFL now, right? Majority of these teams two have two wide receivers. Eric Ebron had a, over a hundred targets last year. He was basically wide receiver number two. Okay, so Colts throw the ball a lot. If he's going to fill in that role like Juju did. And Juju's another standout rookie wide receiver that blew up, right? But if T.Y. And, and, and Campbell can be that one-two punch for Luck and take away the targets from Ebron, I think that is the breakout. I think he's the only wide receiver that's worth taking in the draft, especially if you have a five-bench roster spot, um, because I think he might have to Your mic died. Oh, you stopped talking. Something happened. Okay. No, 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 yeah, I hear you. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay. So, do you guys hear my? Did you guys hear what I said? Yeah, yeah, and I'm totally on board with Paris Campbell too. I, I have him as a player listed onto the side that um, I'd like like to have. Um, But you know, just depending on you know where I'm going to take him. Somebody I wouldn't take in the say first ten rounds or eleven round, maybe. Yeah, it would, it would have late. to be a 15, 16 round type of player that you're just taking a risk because right now he's he's not even on the depth chart as a top three wide receiver for the Colts. Um, yeah. They really like him in camp, but realistically, it's the potential that they talk about. But yes, it does take a little longer for these wide receivers to get going. Yeah, yeah. Another thing too is bye weeks. How much is how much? How do how do bye weeks play into your strategy? Zero for me. The only the only strategy that is important to me um, is if you're going into a league and there's roster limits, right? Two quarterbacks, two tight ends, or whatever the case is. Um, you don't draft two quarterbacks on the same bye week or two tight ends on the same bye week. 
that because you're just playing with fire there because you have to trade one of them. Yeah, like no point of drafting right? or drop. Um, yeah, yeah, correct. So you, th- that's the only situation that would come in for bye weeks because you use your waiver wire, you have bench, you have the ability to do um, trades or whatever the case is that will help you get there. So I wouldn't focus too much on bye weeks um, unless I, like I said, you have roster limits and you have to drop one of your quarterbacks to go pick up somebody. You don't want to drop. them. That's the only way it would make sense for me. Yep. I totally agree. Yeah. Good thing. I agree. totally. Um, but the one thing I was to tell you is week 12, which is usually around, you know, serious fantasy football time, right? You have uh, Arizona, Kansas city, the Chargers, and Minnesota on bye week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's important because you're probably playing for a playoff spot. Um, another thing that I want to bring up is schedule, right? How much do you guys go into it looking at the playoff schedule for, you know, the big time players, like where they're playing week 14, 15, and 16, who they're playing against? Is that something that you got to focus on? Do you, do you even look right now? Uh, you got so important. What, where, where do you? What do you? Here's the thing, you, though, with that, um, we don't necessarily know how how good the team is going to be, except if they're guaranteed great teams like the Patriots, the Chiefs, or the Rams. We don't know how great their defense is going to be, how great their offense is going to be. You know, every year is kind of different with that. But um, you know, over the years, consistently, we know that Le'Veon Bell has always done great towards the end. Especially when you know during the snow, and just running backs like him always do well towards the end, towards the playoff. And then you have, and then you have quarterbacks like Drew Brees that fall off towards the end. So yeah, I'm 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 on point with that. Uh, The one thing I would say is that for me, at least, um, I don't. I, I take I take it into consideration a bit. But not it's not it's not something that's gonna make or break a pick for me because I'm really focused on trying to win as many games as I can to get to where it's important, right? Obviously you need to win ahead of time and you need to win to get to the playoffs. And if you're not winning and you're thinking about a long term, I mean you can really shoot yourself in the foot and you know, start off really bad. I like it. I like it. So my my thought process on schedule. Right. I think it's only because you don't know every year it's different. Right. Every year a team plays well that didn't play the year before a team that was great doesn't they don't look the same. So the NFL is is different. So weather is important to me and the the schedule is only important to me when I make trades. Right. If I'm making a trade during the season, that is when I look at. The weather, if they're playing outdoor and they're playing New England during the playoffs or whatever case is, and I want a quarterback or wide receiver, or you know, I'm making a trade for a team that is playing against Chicago, the Ravens, and you know, whoever the next great defense, Minnesota, right, during week 14, 15, and 16. That is when it's important to look at teams' schedule or weather. Um because you're making trades week three to week nine or whatever the case is. And you can, you can see and get a feel of what the year is like and what teams are really, what teams are good after week four or five, right? That's when it's important to look at the schedule and the weather. How about uh, injuries? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, the injury, the injury situation is right. You got the injury bug and it can happen to anybody, but with me with injuries. And I think Jaime said this, just a few seconds ago, is when you're drafting, I think it's the most important thing that people have to understand is you have to win in the first four weeks. You have to be 500 or over in the first four weeks, right? You don't want to be one in three and and always playing from behind, especially if you're in a league where it's a six-man or 12-man league and only six teams make it, right? So if you're if you're drafting, you have to think, what am I doing to risk that, right? Am I taking somebody that's suspended for the first three weeks? Am I taking somebody that um, has an injury is going to miss two weeks? Am I taking a suspended player? If I, I'm, am I taking a player that's not even on a roster because he's holding out? 
right? That's where it's important because the first four weeks, I mean, you understand it's three quarters in football. And when it comes to playoffs, right, you got you got 12 game seasons, 13 game season seasons in that first quarter. If you're not fighting for, you know, the top scene, you're 0 and 4 or 1 and 3, you're in trouble. Right. Especially if you have two teams that are 4 and 0 or whatever the case is. So you have to think that way when you're drafting. Um, it, it's very important to understand that and be like, OK, I'll pass on this player just because I want to I want to have a team that's going to fill in that roster. Yep, I agree. Yeah. How about uh, the other thing, popular thing, r- running back handcuffs? That's a mirror right there. What are your thoughts? Um, Abraham, what do you think? Um, I don't, uh, I'm not really a handcuff guy personally, unless the running back consistently gets injured and he's super talented and, um, you know, serious, like really, really small cases. I guess, I, I, I don't know, I, I, maybe a, hand, a good handcuff for maybe probably Melvin Gordon this year. I'll probably just do a handcuff on him with Eckler and Gordon. That's probably the only uh, running back I would do personally. Um, oh yeah, Gurley too. Daryl Henderson, complete. Yeah, that's a that's a really good handcuff. If you guys have any other handcuff suggestions, um, yeah, that that's that's pretty much the two running backs I would do for, especially for elite running backs. If you're not confident in them, so my my, my feel on that right. Um, it, it all, it all varies where you're deep at, right? If you're deep at running backs, right. And you have five solid running backs, right. Then you don't really need to have to go get a handcuff because now you're filling in, you know, you take, let's say you take David Johnson and you take, uh, McCaffrey, right. And then you go get both of their handcuffs and you have a roster limit at six running backs, right. The, Therefore, therefore, you know, you have two spots to fill in, right? It all varies on, like, how deep you are. But my my thing is, is if you're deep at wide receiver and you have, you know, three good running backs, I think it's very important to go get your handcuff, right? I think it's important because anyone can get hurt. Anyone can pull a hammy. Um, it all matters based off your roster. Now, yes, there are certain players that I think are very important to get handcuffs. Um, and you said it, Gurley is one. Melvin um, Gordon. Melvin Gordon, oh, Melvin Gordon you, can't, you can't go into the league. If he, if he hasn't signed a contract and you're drafting Gur, uh, Melvin Gordon, you don't take his handcuffs, you, you, you've sinned. You've done a fantasy sin. Um, but Kamara would be another one just because that offense you want a piece of. Um, uh, Chiefs, Chiefs. I mean, West is not. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, West has been around a long time. He can fill in that role. He's he's a, he's a good one. But I wouldn't be worried. Well, they got Carlos Hyde too, so I wouldn't know who to really handcuff him with. Um, I wouldn't do. I wouldn't do that. Um, but you know who I I would get a backup to, and I mean I'm gonna avoid Lamar Miller completely but for a backup that i would want to take a risk Dante. Is, is, is foreman um and Dante, Dante foreman. yeah Dante foreman i think that's one i would just have as my you would know, running back with, with the sex and running you know, backs just, i just don't trust them at all i don't think they're a run the first team i don't know i never really see the yeah. i just don't really see the appeal of just the texas running game does that make sense yeah, I mean, but they—I mean, you can't win games unless you're unless you're running. You know what I mean? So, um, at one point, when it gets cold and you're in the playoffs, they're going to need to run. And if he comes in and does well, and I think he can. I, I mean, I think Lamar Lamar Miller has been just filling in a roster spot, and you know, I, I would uh, avoid him Drake, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, both. I mean, those are the backups that I would want to go after. Not even really handcuffing. But just I would avoid the starter and go directly to the handcuff and do that. Yeah. Um, So what what do you guys think of this is another thing that happens a lot is going wide receiver, wide receiver in the draft in your first two rounds. 
what do you think of that strategy? I mean, because if you got to understand, if you're drafting, you know, eight, nine, or ten, right, you're getting the top tier wide receivers, right, and then you're losing the opportunity to get, you know, the top six running backs in the game, and then you're left with, the, you know, the top tier wide receivers. Do you think that's a good strategy? I personally not? would never do that. It kind of feels like you're kind of you're gambling on getting a great running back the later rounds. Um, you know, uh, running backs are really prone to injury. And I feel like that's why people do wide receiver, wide receiver. And uh, I don't know, it's just something, not my cup of tea. I don't like it. You don't like it at all? I don't mind it. I mean, I just look at it this way. So say I'm at nine, right? And I have my pick between like uh, Michael Thomas and uh, Odell Beckham. I mean, would you not pair those receivers up if you had a chance? You're on the turn, right? Then you come back, and then you're going to be looking at, say, um, in those rounds right there, you're going to be looking at running backs like uh, Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook, Melvin Gordon, Leonard Fournette. Yeah, you, and yeah. you have your options between receivers like Antonio Brown. Uh, you have Keenan Allen, Mike Mike Evans, T.Y., Adam Thielen. Antonio, huh? Antonio won't be there. Antonio won't be Antonio, there. He'll, he'll be available in the second round. We were talking about, you, you said the late the latter round of like uh, first, right? So, and then nine, going nine, back around second. Nine and 13. So, right, you go, nine, I mean, 11, nine and 12. Nine and 12. Nine. So if you had nine, it would be twelve. So you're drafting nine and twelve, and then you're coming back. And and I and tell you the truth, if 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 you look at this right, these are the running backs that could fall to you, right? I'm not saying they will, but you have Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, two rookie running backs. You have Freeman. You even have Melvin Gordon. What's going on now that can fall to you? You have Gurley that's going to fall to you. You have Fournette. Um, you have Derrick Henry that will fall to you, and there's a good chance Aaron Jones or Cook can fall to you. So you can go back-to-back running backs and still have the potential to finish with running backs can finish in the top 10, but you have the you have the ability to have two top-tier wide receivers that can finish in the top five. So yeah. what, what like you- Abraham mentioned before. With the running backs, too, they, they're often injured, right? Because, I mean, they, get, they, touch, they touch the ball so much. So the potential for the injuries there. And, I mean, just think about how often you're able to go into the waiver wire and find yourself a, a gem. And that's the way I look at it. So, I mean, if the running backs – I'm and it goes back to, say, starting that run and people are picking up those running backs or whatever it is, if I don't see the value in that running back as far as, hey, I need to, I don't, I don't feel like I have to take a running back at a certain time or anything. I'd love to start off running back, running back, and take as many running backs as I can. But if running backs are not to like those tier levels like you were saying, A or B, and the receivers that are much better, I'm going to take the receiver, especially in the PPR league. Because you, you oftentimes you find yourself starting three receivers. Correct. With the, this new NFL offense is where passing, I mean, defenses are in nickel, uh, you know, 65 to 70% of the time now. Correct. Correct. I like it. I like it. Um, so my only recommendation, if you are taking wide receiver, wide receiver in the first two rounds, fill minimum three running backs in the next four rounds. You You can't. You can't draft another wide receiver because another wide receiver is there. You have to draft three running backs in the next four rounds. Um, it could be a yeah. top end and three running backs. It could be three running backs and a wide receiver or, or three running backs and a quarterback, however you want to reach, whatever the case is. But my recommendation is if you're going wide receiver, wide receiver, you have to get three running backs in the next four rounds. Um, just because you have yeah, Especially to- that – Especially in that spot that you're talking about too, James Conner is going a lot in that round, in that in that pick right now. And right now, he doesn't seem like that that sexy first round pick where I'm like, oh my god, you know, I have myself like a complete yeah, uh, especially so. so, so, so and that's, so, so that's why you got you got you can either go 
based on your rankings, you can go Julio and Thomas. You can go, um, you know, Adams and Thomas, however you want to do. Or you can, what would you rather have, Adam and Connor or Hopkins and Connor or Adams and, uh, you know, two wide receivers? So Tyreek Hill. What was that? (laughs) Tyreek Hill, the cheetah. (laughs) Yeah, or Tyreek Hill, whatever you like. But, you know, it's just the risk versus reward. I mean, if if it could help, but you just, you just never know what you're going to get. I just wanted to get you guys a stop process on that because you obviously see that a lot at the end of the first and beginning of the second rounds where you're going wide receiver, wide receiver. And the only problem is, is that if running backs go early, right, and people don't follow the trend because you're, you're starting a trend and saying wide receivers are going to be gone – and more running backs go, you're going to be punished for it, right? And that's where it hurts you. You got to understand your lead. You got to understand where people go. And that's what I told you guys going into drafts. Understand your league. Understand what people like to do. If people are running back heavy, you don't want to go wide receiver, wide receiver, right? Because if you got to understand you're drafting 19, you have to wait 19 more picks if you're at 10 or 18 if you're at 9 for your pick again. So understand your league. Don't start trends if you know your league is running back heavy in the first 3 4 rounds and you're going to be left with um you know Freeman and Derrick Henry going into the year or I mean Derrick Henry and uh, Michelle. You know what I mean? That's that's a risk that you're going to willing to take then go ahead. Um but I There's I think it's, I think it's a big risk. Cover. Um taking Taking uh, tight ends early. What do you think about that? This year's a bit weird with uh, Travis Kelsey, uh, George I mean, Kittle, and Zach Gertz. That's probably the top tier. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's the, the the thing is with with tight ends is it's the thinnest position in the game, right? There is. There's a big difference between Kittle, Ertz, and Kelsey than everybody else unless somebody steps up and, and gets to that level. So with me, right, when I'm looking at rosters and who I'm playing against, and I see that I have a Austin Hooper and I'm playing against Kittle, right, I'm like, ah, oh, she's like, damn, right? I'm, I don't like it, right? So I don't th- – to me, I want to hit in my first three picks, right? That's the strategy you have to understand. And if hitting means that you're taking Kittle and you know he's your starter, you're taking uh, Ertz and you're going to hit and you know he's going to produce for you, yeah. it's never a bad pick. Never a bad pick. Because you can always go get another wide receiver off the waiver. You can always go yeah, get a running back, right? You can always do stuff like that. Right. So I just I, I want to understand that your foundation is built. You're not going to you're not going to win fantasy football in your first three picks, but you can lose. Right. Sure. You, you can lose like the people, people that drafted Bell last year were very frustrated with fantasy because Bell went in the first three first rounds. Three picks, yeah. I mean, first three picks in every draft. Right. So I, I didn't win fantasy football in my first three rounds, but I sure lost. Right. So that is what you have to understand is you want to be able to hit in your first three picks. And if hitting means that you're going to take the most obvious pick and the most consistent pick, and that's taking Ertz or taking Kittle or whatever the case is, or taking Julio, whatever, and you think that's the most confident, then go get it. It's there's no reach if you think it's the consistent player that you're going to get. I agree with that. Well said. Well said. Yeah, guys. Um, yeah, and that's, uh, I mean, that's a lot of information we just gave you guys right now to the listeners right now. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of strategy, and there's even more we can still cover. I mean, we can even go into crowded backfields, right? We can talk about that. Uh, but for time being, let's go ahead and save that for our next episode. I got I got uh, one thing, Hyman. I got one thing. Yeah. Um, kicker, defense, right? If you're in a redraft league, kickers should be taken in the last two rounds. Last round is ideal, right? I see people taking kickers in the 10th round. And the reason why this happens is because they're not prepared. 
They feel like, okay, um, I'm just going to take the best kicker that's ranked because the computer's telling me, right? So just understand that don't speak up, don't reach on kickers, don't reach on defense because that's, you know, that's what's going on. So that is the last thing I got to say about strategies. Um, besides my big hint that I need to tell people, when you're doing your rankings and you're creating your own list, look at DraftKings, look at Draft, look at these apps that spend multi-million dollars on their rankings and their computer, their stats, and whatever the case is. Um, they make millions of dollars for a reason, all right? Using these apps, right, to go find what people are ranking, how they're ranking them, they know what they're doing. Now, I know there's people on TV, on ESPN, all these different lists, but don't be afraid to go use these draft teams and draft all these apps um, and look at their roster um, rankings. It's, it's very important just to get a good understanding what every different platform is doing. Um, that is my big hint before we get off. Um, there you go. Yeah, that's it. totally agree. Uh, Abraham, well, anything before it. we wrap up? That's it. Well, Wednesday, right? Wednesday we have uh, another mock draft coming up, right? Yes, Wednesday we got You guys ready? Oh, I'm ready. Hey, I, 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 one last thing, man. Try to do a mock draft without looking at your list. Be prepared. I mean, with Jaime and Abraham, I know you guys are going to be able to do it going into the season as much setting as we doing that we are doing. Um, but that's when you know you're on your game. If you can just do a draft, knowing who you want, got the rankings down. Um, you want you want to memorize you want to memorize these lists and you know where people are going. Yep. All right. Well, this is another podcast from the Fantasy Bums, your leaders in fantasy football. Bring you the most realist and uh, realist news, realist news out there, and the draft strategies. Uh, tuning out. See you next time, guys. Love you guys. Take uh, care. Peace out.